who was injured. He was five years old. He was, he was injured. And from that day forward, he was lame. He, he could not properly walk. <laughs> Defined his life. comes to us in the book of Samuel, well, 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. And the name, it may not ring a bell for, for many in here, but his, his name was Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth is this son of Jonathan. Jonathan was the son of Saul, King Saul. The friend, Jonathan was a very close friend of, of David. And Jonathan, he had this son named Mephibosheth. And at five years old, his father and his grandfather both died. They were in battle against the Philistines. We see this First Samuel chapter 31. That they, they fell. His, his, his uncles, they, they passed away as well. This, this whole family was, was falling apart. Everything around him. Was falling apart. Everything around him, everything that he knew, it was crashing. The news got back to to his house where he was. He was at, and his his maid, his his caretaker. She afraid that now that King Saul is dead and Jonathan is dead and. You know, they're heirs to the throne. They're, they're, they're dead. She, she, believing that vengeance is just around the corner, that David is going to come and, and he's going to be seeking after all of the household of Saul to make sure that David is able to ascend to the throne with no questions asked. And so his maid, she picks him up. We see this in 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4. It says that he was five years old when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel and his nurse took him up and she fled. And it came to pass that as she made haste to flee, that he fell, he tripped, and he became lame. His name was Mephibosheth, and this is where we get this introduction of this young child. She thought as she was doing what was right, she thought that... This is what was needed to protect this young boy. But he fell. Got hurt. And from that day forward, that injury defined his life. He was part of the king's house. He was part of the palace. He was one of the king's children, grandchild. He was royalty. But he fell. He was hurt. You know, there's injuries that are not physical that can define us. That 
nobody else may even know about. They define us. In their first service in, in here during a live talk, we talked about the Good Samaritan, and that man who was laying there half dead. And sometimes that's me. Sometimes I'm the man. Sometimes I'm the man who was laying there on the side of the road and I need Jesus to scoop me up. I need somebody to help me to get back on my feet. I'm the lame man sometimes. And thank God that He is faithful. Thank God that He sees us in our brokenness. Thank God that He sees us in our weakness. And He doesn't pass by and say they're gonna they're gonna be alright. Or eh, they're probably not gonna make it anyways. See Mephibosheth. He was hidden away by his nurse. He lived a very private life. David didn't even know that he was still around, in fact. It was David's understanding that all of Saul's household had, had died. And all of them had been killed. And, and so it was, it was this understanding that David had that, that there was nobody left of, of Saul's household. But there did come a day... We see it in 2 Samuel chapter 9 that David, he says, he asks the question, he says, is there, is there anybody from Saul's household that's left? Is there anybody that I can show kindness to? And this is, this is the heart of a servant. This is the heart of a shepherd here. Do you understand? David is seeking out the lost sheep. This isn't where I planned on starting. I planned on starting with the, the lost sheep on the, that was found. But, but this, is, this is David. He's seeking out the lost sheep. Is there somebody out there that I don't know about that I could bring them back, that I could show them kindness? He says, Jonathan was my best friend. He was my dearest brother. My heart still aches that Jonathan died. My heart still aches that, that that's the reason that I'm here on sitting on the throne. And, and if there's some way that I can show kindness, is there anybody out there, anybody that's left the house of Saul? And it says that there was of the house of Saul one servant whose name was Ziba. And when they called him to David, the king said to him, are you Ziba? And he says, yes, that's me. And the king said, is there anyone left of the household of Saul so that I could show the kindness of God to him? And Ziba said to him, Jonathan. He still has one son that's alive. That one son, he's lame on his feet. And the king, he says, well, where's he at? I, I want to know, where, where is his son at? And David, he, he went and he, he said he's, he's in the house of Maker, and the son of Amnion and Lodabar. And they're the ones that are taking care of him. The king, David, he went and he sat and he fetched him out of the house of Maker. And he says, I want you to come. And in verse 6, it says that when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, that son of Saul, was come to David, he fell on his face, did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, I want you to get this. He called him by name. You see, he sees this young, 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 
he's not a child anymore. He's, he's grown, but, but he sees this, this young man who's, who's there and he's coming before him and he's fearful. He doesn't know what's going to happen now that he's been brought. Now he's finally been found out. He's been hidden away all these years. His nurse trying to do what she thought was best. Trying to protect this young child and, and carrying him out. And, and he gets hurt as he is escaping. And, and, and he's, he's there, he's lame. And now, now she says, you, you got to stay quiet. We have to hide you away. We have to make sure that nobody knows that you are still alive. He's been hiding in fear what David may do one day if he finds out that there's still one of Saul's lineage still alive. And now he's been found out. And he comes with his fear, trembling, falls down in his face. And David simply says, Mephibosheth, I know you, you are. He says, behold, I'm your servant. David says, don't fear. I'm going to show kindness. I don't know if you knew this, but your father was my dearest friend. I don't know if you knew this, but as much as it hurts you to not have your father there with you, it still pains me as well. And I want to show you kindness, and I want to restore all that should have belonged to you back to you. And you, Mephibosheth, are going to eat bread at my table continually. Mephibosheth, he answers, he says, he bows down, he says, what is thy servant? You would look upon such a dead dog as I am. Sometimes these injuries cut deep into our identity of how we see ourselves. We weave this story about our faults and our failures. And we weave this story about who we are. And I want you to know it's not the story that God has written about you. We, we believe lies about ourselves that God does not believe about you. You see yourself and you define, you can define yourself by your faults and your failures and your, the fact that you're limping around. You barely made it into church. You barely got here today. You barely are making it by and, and you're limping and that's, that's what defines you. You're laying there on the road half dead. Somebody else has to pick you up to even make, to get you here. You define yourself as a low down dog. How, what would you want to do with me? 
I'm no good to you. You can't really mean it when you say, I'm going to restore everything to you. I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody. I've done too much to be restored. I've done too much for you to really mean that I could get back everything that I was born into. I'm thankful for a father who restores. I'm thankful for a God who sees me in my lowest place, but he doesn't look at me through the eyes that I look upon myself, but rather he is the God of love. He is a God who right now wants to lay you down upon the bed in that inn. And he wants to begin to pour the oil upon your wounds. He wants to bandage you up and to say you're going to be restored. And you're going to walk out of this inn one day. And you're going to be the man one day that's going to pick somebody else up. And you're going to bring him to the inn. And you're going to be the innkeeper one day that's taking care of somebody else's wounds. And you're going to be the one who one day, because you've been there. You've been there. You've been there. But when you're there, it's hard to imagine that one day you're going to be out. One day you're going to be feasting at the king's table. (laughs) Oh, God wants to restore somebody today. God's looking to restore somebody today to come back to the table. He's inviting you in. He's saying, I know that you've been lost. I know that you're lost, but I found you. I found you, and I want to restore you to the table. You may have that missing person tag on you right now. And walking around with a limp and saying, I'm nobody. But God wants to restore you to the table. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want to say thank God for Zeba. Thank God that there's, there was a man who still stayed in touch. He still knew that he was there. I know I'm speaking to a whole bunch of here, of Mephibosheths right now, who you need restoration, but there's also some Zebas in this place. There's some Zebas in this place who you're, you're the one that's gotta go and you gotta, you gotta bring somebody and tell them. 
The king wants you. The king wants you back. I don't know. I know the story that you've been told your whole life, but the king said that he wants to show kindness to you. The king said that he wants to restore you. I know that you don't believe it, but I know David. He's a man of his word. I know the king. He wants to show kindness. He wants to restore you right now. On the lost, the lost are meant to be found. God is seeking for you right now. If you are the one who is lost and you're right here, you're hurting, you're, you're lame, you're, you're broken. God is reaching for you. God wants to restore you back to the table. God wants to restore you to the place of prominence. God wants to place He wants to replace your identity where you look upon yourself as that slow down dog, this dog that I am. I'm a nobody, but the king, he says, you are not a dog. You're not even a servant, but you're my son. You're my son. You're going to sit at the table with the rest of my family every day, continually. You can, you can sit here and you can have everything. Every one of my sons who gets to sit at this table, you're sitting right along with them. I'm restoring. I'm restoring you. You get down and... It even says, uh, you, you continue down, verse 11, Ziba said to the king, according to all that the, the Lord, the king, has commanded his servant, so shall the servant do. So as for Mephibosheth, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. But Mephibosheth even had a young son. His name was Micah. And all that dwelt in the house of Ziba, there were servants to Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth, he dwelt in Jerusalem. He ate continuously. He stayed at the king's table. He was still lame on both of his feet. He still had the scars of his past. He still had all of that, that to remind him of what, of who he used to be. But now here he is with all the scars, with all of this baggage from his past. And he's sitting at the king's table. And now, not only is he there, but his son in the next generation is restored. And the next generation is affected. And the generation after that is affected. You see, it continues on. If Mephibosheth would have believed the of who he was it would have had another impact on the generation and the next generation but God said I want to restore I want to restore I'm bringing you back to my table Your sons and your daughters are going to be affected by whether or not you get back up to the table The next generation is going to be affected by how you respond to your faults and your failures. Get back up. I want you to know that God is calling you up to the table right now. He's saying, don't stay down there where you feel like you're a nobody. don't Don't you believe the lies of the enemy? Don't you believe the lies of the one that would say, you cut off from God. He didn't cut you off. 
He didn't cut you off. God's restoring you right now. God's restoring you right now. Mm. There was a story that was it was written, a famous novel. Victor Hugo wrote this story of the hunchback of Notre Dame. It was this baby that was born with gypsy mothers, tiny bodies deformed, he was switched at birth. He was raised then at the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris as this orphan child and adopted, adopted by this archdeacon and and this baby was given this name Quasimodo, and as he grows older, older it becomes evident that he is he is this outcast from society. The townspeople look at him; they they, they say, oh, "He's a hideous monster. He's a creation of the devil." And he hears these insults, and he hears these these things, and they all look at him with disgust and fear. Anytime that he steps outside of those walls of that cathedral. But then there comes one tender-hearted outcast from society. This, this other young gypsy girl named Esmeralda. And she sees him. She extends a cup of water to him one day as he was being whipped for an attempted kidnapping and she shows kindness to him. She sees him as a human being, not a monster. There's, this isn't a perfect parallel. It's no, no really, not even really a happy ending to this, to this tale. But, but I do want you to know that there's somebody out there right now who they feel like they're the hideous monster who God would never love. And perhaps he's even sitting right here, right now, who you say, God, you look at me, and I know that you see all of my ugliness. God, I know that you see all of, all of this garbage of, of who I am, but I want you, God is calling out to you right now. And he's saying, I see you for who you really are. You're not a monster. You're not a nobody. Don't believe the lies of what everybody has said about you. Don't believe the lies that you've told yourself. Don't walk around with your head hung low, looking like, looking like you've been defeated already. God is trying to pick you up right now. He's trying to pick you up. And to give you a hope and a future. David, he saw this young, this, this young man come to his table. And he could see his defects. He could see everything. He knew the story of what, what, what happened to him. How he was lame. And, and, and he, he still said, I, I want to restore. And I'm going to give back all the land to you. 
all the land that was owed to you, that you should have received as the son of Jonathan, the one that was royalty. You're going to get all of it. But then there came a day. There came a day when David abdicated his throne for a while. Because his son, Absalom, made this rebellion against his father. And Absalom comes and and David, he, he says, I don't want to, I don't want to fight. I'm just going to let God have his way. So he steps away. He steps away from the palace. He leaves. He goes, goes to another place. Now remember, Mephibosheth is still living there. Mephibosheth is still living at the palace. And word got out as David is leaving. And, and David, it wasn't just him, but, but those that uh, were uh, allied with him or um, in allegiance to, to King David, they went with him as well. They traveled with him. Mephibosheth, he stayed back and, uh, and word got out that, that Mephibosheth, his, uh, that, that he, had, he had turned against David, that he had turned towards, his heart had turned towards Absalom. And, and this is the word that got, that got back to David. But, but finally there, there came the day when David, he, was restored back to the palace. And there's a meeting between him and Mephibosheth when he gets back to the palace. And he, he comes back and we see him have this conversation. And Mephibosheth, he says, my Lord, the king, you've been deceived. I, I, told, I told my servant, go and, and saddle up the yeah, go saddle up the donkey so that I can go with the king. And, and you know that I'm crippled and I, I wasn't able to get out. I, I couldn't get out there quickly enough. You guys left before I could go. So I did not stay here of my, because I am against you. I love you. You're the one who restored me. I have not switched my allegiance to some other king. And David he's, replies to him, he says, Mephibosheth, I love you. I don't care what lies have been told about you. And there's somebody here right now, you've had some lies that have been told about you even after you've been restored. There are things that, that, that people will say, and, and, and there's church, like church hurt is real, right? There's times, we're, we're we're people. And there's still things that even inside the church, they can, they can happen inside the palace. It happened there and, and stuff got out and, and th- things that were not, were not really, uh, as they were was, was said. And, 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 but again, the king says, I want you to be restored. I don't care what happened back then. I don't care what happened when I left and you stayed. You're welcome here. You're welcome. In fact, I want to restore back to you. Uh, so far, you've stayed here right in the palace. But, but I want you to know you have all this land. All the land that's here. And, and in fact, there's some others that, that have helped you. Zeba's, Zeba has helped you a whole lot. And so, uh, so if you don't mind, let's, let's go ahead. And uh, since you just stayed here, I want you to go and, and Maybe we could just divide that land between you and all the household of Ziba. And I want you to see the response of Mephibosheth. And we're going to come to a close here soon because God is 
God is restoring. God is restoring. Mephibosheth responds in 2 Samuel 19, verse 30. After David had told him, let's go ahead, let's divide this land. It's all this land that belongs to you. Let's just divide it. And he says, give him all of it. Because I'm content just to have you safely back again. My Lord and King. What a privilege it is to sit at the king's table. <laughs> it's not for the benefits. It's, it's not for that. I just want to be in his presence. What a privilege it is for us today to have the king right here in our presence. What a privilege it is to have the king say, I want to be where you are. God is coming to you right now. If we could stand all around this place.